On this week's show, HBO's Hard Knocks series has finally decided on a team, and the Tennessee Titans are going to retire not one, but two jersey numbers this fall. In this week's history lesson, we tell the story of a 1974 World Football League game that was actually played in Canada. Oh, speaking of Canada, guess what? It's week one of the CFL season, ladies and gentlemen. That and much more this week in the world of football. Hello? You play to win the game. Personal foul. Pick this up. On number 99 of the defense, after he tackled the quarterback, he's giving them the business down here at the 15-yard penalty. Hey, look out there. You want to get hyped? We're going to throw a forward pass. Signal. 1872 forward pass. Here we go. Here we go. In the world of football, presented by theworldoffootball.com. Promoting the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. And now, on with the show. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 97 for June 18th, 2019. I'm your host, Randy Snow, and across the table from me, as always, is my son, Adam. What's up there? I have nothing funny. Not to say. very talkative this week. Okay. Oh, no, I mean, we, we got so much football now. It, there C- is CFL's there is back. Yes, we had a, another good weekend of arena football action, yep. and tons of scores to get through today. Yeah, so uh, that's a bulk of the show. It looks like. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, this is episode ninety-seven, and uh, we're going to honor somebody that wore number ninety-seven, and that would be Simeon Rice, a defensive end who played with the Cardinals, the Buccaneers the Broncos, and the Indianapolis Colts. Yep, a great for, number 97. And for the Detroit Lions, Tracy Scroggins, who we mentioned last week, but as was admitted to me before we turned the mics on, he got it wrong. Last week uh, was supposed to be number 96. Guess what? Scroggins wore number 97. Thank you, son. Hey, I'm just giving the people what they want. Just brutal honesty and me being the little POS The jerk that you are. <laughs> yep. We come to you each week from the World of Football Man Cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to help you make sense out of all the football being played out there all year long. From the NFL to the CFL, college, indoor, and arena football, our goal is to inform and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, or iHeartRadio. You can also connect with us on our Facebook and Twitter pages at TWOF Kalamazoo or send us an email. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. So now let's review what happened this past week, starting with the World of Football scoreboard. That's right. And if you could all have seen the look on Randy's face when he looked at me for spilling the beans on how the sausage is made, uh, there'd be an extra window in the house now because he, he would have just stared through that wall. They don't wall. need to know everything, son. Well, guess what? That's what <laughs> they came here for. All right. So first, we're going to kick things off, not with week one of the CFL. We'll get to that in just a second. Calm down, you know, <laughs> take your poutine and set it aside. You know, we're going to get to Canada in a second. Now, oh, and also, some congratulations are in order to the Toronto Raptors of the NBA. I know. Yep. Uh, we're a football show, but it was just cool because we were watching a CFL game 
in a little bit of the NBA Finals, so congratulations yeah. to them, and good for Canada. So the, the Blue Jays won the uh, Major League Baseball title years ago, and yeah. Toronto's won many Grey Cubs. So. Can we talk about baseball here? I don't care about baseball. Do you care about baseball? Not really. All right, moving on. We're talking Toronto. Though. Arena football. Yeah, we'll talk more Canada here in a minute. Arena football week eight. We had uh, two games Saturday, one Sunday. So in the first game on Saturday, the Baltimore Brigade defeated the Columbus Destroyers, who just got their first win last week. I thought they could get a winning streak. Yeah. But no, they lose by five points, 44 to 39. But the big highlight from this game and the fanfare is well-deserved for Brigade wide receiver Joe Hills. We've been talking about him for weeks now, and he has finally reached the 100 consecutive games with a touchdown you know, milestone. Yep. So big congratulations are in order for him. You know, uh, what a – Fantastic athlete. Yeah, nobody. I don't know what the previous record was in the uh, Arena Football League for consecutive games, but Who, oh, this, he's he shattered that record. Whatever yeah, he it was. owns it right now, especially when second place is only at about eight, seventeen or eighteen. Seventeen or eighteen, and I don't see a note about. Yeah, him I didn't even. I didn't even mention Malachi Jones this week. I, I'm not sure if he caught oh, a pass or not. I, oh, I'm sure he did. He's a great player too. <laughs> sure, but no, yeah. we're talking about Joe Hills. Yes. What, what he deserves the attention this, this week. He does, and we're going to give him a second. You know, we're going to talk about it right now. You know, because it was probably the biggest thing that happened on the field this week. Mm-hmm. Up, it's up there. But I saw the great pictures, the great, you know, tweets by the league. Yep. You know, this is a big thing for them. And they didn't shortchange him one bit and giving him all that recognition. I don't see him slowing down any. No. He could probably make it to, you know, depending as long on as how he long plays. he plays in the yeah. AFL. Yeah. Uh, unless he gets picked up by an NFL team, which I don't know how likely that is. I don't know how old he is. How long he's been in the league? He's been in the league for a while, at least to get to a hundred sure, straight games. Sure, but uh, so a heck of an achievement amongst you know a lot of uh, individual performances we've had in the arena league throughout the years, and it's different you know stages of existence. When you think about all the great uh, you know receivers in the AFL in the past, and oh, nobody's nobody's touchdown come, Eddie Brown. Yes, it is the first player that comes to mind, and now does Joe Hills get put up there with? I think so. That or the Chris Johnsons. Or, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, he's reached that kind of echelon, and you know, uh, maybe we'll need to do the top ten arena football receivers at some mm-hmm. point. I maybe. think Joe Hills would definitely make my list. Yeah. All right, moving on to the second game Saturday, saw the Albany Empire come back from a twenty-seven point deficit to defeat the Washington Valor, the Arena Bowl champions, fifty-six to fifty-five. So after losing their first game of the season last week by a point, they get a win by a point and. They clinched the first playoff spot of the Arena Football League season. Yeah. So kudos to them. to them. Yeah, they very well done. I can't believe it. 27 points down. That is four possessions right there, you know, mm. to, to come back from. And Washington has been a very hit-and-miss team, so they must have just hit some sort of defensive slide where Albany just climbed back out of it. I was not able to catch this game, um, yeah, unfortunately. I, I saw a little bit of the brigade game, uh, and then my internet was <laughs> – yeah, went, the Brig- Brigade went the Close toilet. was all I was able to catch this weekend. Yeah. Uh, but congratulations, Empire. You know, uh, they've been a very consistent team all season. I mean, shoot, we've only lost one game, and that was yeah. by a point. I yep. mean, shoot, uh, they deserve that playoff spot. Yep. All right, Absolutely. moving on in the Sunday action, the Philadelphia Soul uh, bounced back, and they got a win over Atlantic City 54-29. to So after all the offensive struggles we talked about last week, they finally get – you know, a nice hefty win, a nice big cushiony win against the expansion Blackjacks. Yeah, Philadelphia's been an up and down team too. They've they've lost some games that you wouldn't think they would lose uh, uh, this season, but right. yeah, they've 
I think everybody's had some streaks. You know, everybody gets kind of hot for a while, and then they they'll lose some games. It's it's kept everything interesting. Right. But uh, yeah, Philadelphia is just one of those teams where you just expect them to win week in and week out. And the same with Albany now. Right. Well, looking at the standings as of right now, the Albany Empire sitting at seven one, having that playoff spot clinched, mm-hmm. and second place, the Baltimore Brigade at five and three. Sharing the third spot, the Washington Valor and the Philadelphia Soul. So if the playoffs were to start today, those four teams right there mm-hmm. would be in the playoffs. Uh, again, Washington and Philly, 4-4. Four and four. Atlantic City at 3-5, and five, so they're not out of the race just yet. Right. Uh, but Columbus, unfortunately, at 1-7. and seven, They're uh, technically not out of it. Technically not out of it. They're, they're three or two games back from, mm. well, three games back from the last spot. Right. So, I mean, anything can happen. We've talked about it last week where we said – don't leave an arena game early, but guess what? Don't go predicting who's going to win the arena bowl because <laughs> the team you least expected could end up with a championship. Yep. Once they get to the playoffs, anybody's any, got a chance. Any, especially the way this format is, which I, I have grown to like mm. this new format of arena football playoffs. But let's travel on north across the border. Get your passports ready because it's time to talk some Canadian football. Break out the maple syrup. <laughs> get ready to hug a Mountie because we have... Thursday night action saw Hamilton and Saskatchewan in a game we were actually able to watch yeah. the entirety of the opening yep. game of the CFL season. Yep, it wasn't on ESPN, but it was on ESPN Plus. So yep. I went to your house and you cast it on your TV from your phone. Five bucks a month, everybody. You can get all the <laughs> CFL action you want this season. That includes the games that end up on ESPN Two, ESPN News. Any if it's on any ESPN station, guess what? You're going to be able to pick it up right from your phone, cast it to that TV. That's what we did. And we saw the Hamilton Tiger Cats defeat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 23-17. This was my early season Grey Cup pick. Mm, your matchup for the Grey Cup. My matchup for the Grey Cup. And, boy, things were heated from the beginning. I don't know what was going on between these two teams. that They were just itching to yeah. get out onto the field. But, unfortunately, um, Simone Lawrence, uh, like literally four or five plays into the game. It was the third play. Third play of the game. He hit starting quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Zach Kalaros. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very late hit. Yeah, uh, he, was, he, was he was sliding sliding to give himself up. And he was sliding feet first, which is a new rule in the CFL this year. They can mm-hmm. finally slide feet first. Or head first if they want. Or head first if they want. So that's a, a little bit of a change. But as a defender, you got to keep, you know, right. he already had one teammate taken down the quarterback as he was sliding. Yep. And... He came in. It was a head-to-head kind of, or a shoulder-to-helmet kind of hit, and unfortunately, Zach Kalaros is going to be uh, listed on the injured. Or it's like the short-term injured reserve, like six weeks. Right. Yeah, uh, he's out for at least six games. So uh, very unfortunate for him. But Simone Lawrence was dealt a two-game suspension for the hit. And do you think that's justified? Two games for a six-game injury? I don't know if. If the quarterback's going to be out for six games, I think uh, Simone should be out for uh, for six games also. I'm wondering if football should start heading in that direction. I'm not going to say I completely agree. I maybe would have said, look, that was a terrible hit. It could have it could have ended up worse. Yeah. In real it, time, it looked really bad. When they slowed it down, it's like, well, you know, it wasn't really a helmet-to-helmet, but, you know, he was, was, he was already on the ground, and he, he hit him pretty good. Because, like, the thing was, there was a guy right there who could have taken him down anyway. Sure, you already were standing in front of him, but... You know you can't, especially with a, any player that's vulnerable like that, you can't just yeah. la- launch at him kind of the way he did. I think it was avoidable. I think he didn't need to, there, there, to I think him. there's a little bit. I wouldn't have gone super extreme. Like I could see where maybe the point should be. Look, if you knock somebody out and they're out for five games, guess what? You, you should sit out those games. Because, yeah. But, yeah, I agree. But 
I think there is a level of maybe not leniency is the word, but it's more. Look, was it a crappy hit? Yeah, but it could have ended up not bad. You know, the injury probably could not have happened, or it could have gotten way worse. It, it's a weird kind of void you're in where it's like this hit's going to have a, a, a consequence. You just don't know what side it's going to topple on, whether it's severe or, you know, not severe at all. Yeah. His was unfortunately semi-severe. Six well, weeks. you knew right away. I mean, he left the field immediately. Yeah, he was even scr- the yelling field. at the guy, calling it a dirty hit. He came back and he was, you know, didn't have his pads on, so he yeah. knew he wasn't coming back in the game. And, and uh, yeah, it was. I, I think that type of hit, two games I, I, I kind of understand, but I probably would have given him a three, mm. three or four games. Because, come on, the first game of the year and you're three plays in and that's how you're going to do it. And then yeah. a couple plays later, the – it wasn't the same player, but the Tiger Cats defense with another just flagrant personal foul call, mm-hmm. you know, hitting a guy when he was just standing there, like really late hit. But yeah. another thing that stood out was that this was how this was a penalty that just integrated right where they deemed the 15 yard personal foul call a level two or a grade two. Yes. So they yes. added an additional 10 yards right. onto that hit on the quarterback. Yep making it a 25-yard penalty. I thought yeah. that was very interesting. Yeah, I like that. I kind of like that quite a bit. I don't know if you should give that power to the official on the field. Maybe if there was a guy in the well, booth. I, you know, the guy on the field is, is right there. True. You know, he can see it close up. I, I have no problem with that. True. But I, I'll admit, I liked it. I I can't complain about it too much outside right. of maybe I think the power should go to like a, a booth personality. Yeah. but. Yeah. If you want to get the game speeding and going through, leave it to the head referee then. Yeah. So, enough about the first game. You know, congratulations Hamilton on pulling out the win. Yeah, and actually, I got to see all four games. This oh, weekend. did you? Because the other three games were all either on ESPN or ESPN Two, ESPN News. Yeah, they started out. There was some other sports going on, so it was supposed to be. You know, like one game was supposed to start on ESPN Two, and they moved it to another station until that other sporting event got done. And so then, so they were swapping around. But I did get to see all the games this okay. weekend. So then, in the Friday game, we had the Edmonton Eskimos defeat the Montreal Alouettes thirty-two to twenty-five. Montreal was down twenty-five to eight. But ended up tying the game in the fourth quarter before Edmonton was able to pull out the victory. What did you think of this game? Uh, this was this was pretty exciting because uh, you know when when the game got tied up, you thought, oh well, maybe we're maybe we're going into overtime. But then you know Edmonton just got the ball back and they just they just marched right down the field and scored and uh, just hung on to win after that. So uh, so it, it was pretty exciting to see Montreal come back the way they did. And uh, and at least tie it up, but yeah, once it was tied, it was you know, Edmonton just took over and said, <laughs> I think it made them mad that they actually came back and tied it up. So they yeah. said, all right, let's put an end to this, and they just took the ball, marched it right down. I was gonna say just based on a lot of the the final scores, a lot of I mean these games were just so close. Mm-hmm. The two teams, I mean, all the teams seemed very evenly matched. Like even a team that was as bad as the Alouettes have been the last few years put up a great fight. Right. So yes, I they feel did. like we're in for maybe a a very special season this year where maybe it could be anybody's year this year. Yeah. So uh, then let's move on to the Saturday, the first of two Saturday games. Uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks ended up defeating the Grey Cup champion Calgary Stampeders. This was actually a rematch of the 2018 yeah. Grey Cup. They defeated the Stampeders 32-28. to Ottawa trailed the entire game and finally took the lead 32-28 to with a minute 15 remaining in the final minutes of the game. 
Uh, defensive back Jonathan Rose had to make an interception in the end zone with about five seconds left on the clock to save the win for the Red Blacks. Very exciting inning. I'm, I was just certain that Calgary was going to win this game. Yeah. I mean, they're the defending champs. They they had this game all game long. They, they got used, one of the best quarterbacks in the league in yes. Bo Levi Mitchell. Bo Levi Mitchell, so. yep. And, you know, it was it was Calgary's game, and, and I just sat back and – Did they out. blow it, or did the Red Blacks deserve Red it? Backs, Red Blacks fought to get back into it and uh, you know they were they weren't way behind but they were there they never had the lead until a minute 15 left so mm-hmm. they, they were kind of trailing they were behind but they were they were in the game most of the game okay uh but just uh, what an exciting ending that was um so that was yeah and that was really the last game that i i watched the whole thing because the, the next game that you're going to talk about started at 10 o'clock eastern time uh you know because this took place out in uh, british columbia i believe mm-hmm. and and uh so, yeah, by by 11 o'clock, about an hour into the game, I was falling asleep on the couch, so I didn't see the end of this game. But uh, uh, I did see parts of all four games over the weekend, yes. Good. Yeah, I was able to catch a little bit of the, uh, I think it was Ottawa-Calgary, I caught like just a smidgen of. But anyway, the final game Saturday night saw the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defeat the British Columbia Lions 33-23. to Again, no notes from that because apparently our uh, great research staff uh, fell asleep. Fell asleep. <laughs> But, no, so that's week one of the CFL, and I guess we'll quickly go over the standings, even though, I mean, it's only one week. Right. Uh, but it is uh, something to mention. The Toronto Argonauts were the lone team on bye for the opening week of the season, so we'll uh, find out about their team and how they look this year. Yeah. Uh, this week, that's the game I'm going to try to go out of my way to watch. I'm not, I think that's the Saturday game. Um, so uh, they play Hamilton, yeah. I believe. So yes. I'm, I'm going to have to try to make some That'll be a good for game for a season so. opener. A good rivalry for them. So – Hamilton in the East uh, and Ottawa as well in the East are 1-0. The Montreal Alouettes are 0-1, and obviously Toronto 0-0 because they have not uh, played a game yet. In the West, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Edmonton Eskimos are both at 1-0. And uh, at 0-1 are the British Columbia Lions, Calgary Stampeders, and Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So, I mean, it's early. Yeah, it's just week one. Even the teams with the loss could have easily won those games. So... I'm excited. I think this should be a very good CFL season. Yep, yep. Really looking forward to it. All right, now let's throw it over to Randy for the Indoor Football League's final week of their season before we get uh, the playoff matchups all set up. Yeah, this is week 17 in the IFL, and this was the last week of their regular season. There were five games all on Saturday. You had the Arizona Rattlers over the San Diego Strike Force, 57-16. to uh, the, the Rattlers complete a perfect season. We'll talk about that in the standings here shortly. Green Bay Blizzard over the Cedar Rapids River Kings, 47 to nothing. Another oh, no. shutout. So that's okay. So last week in the season, and you get shut out. The last three weeks for the River Kings, their combined combined <laughs> point total has been 15 points. <laughs> they scored 15 points last week, everybody. Yeah. So that's two shutouts in their final three games. Mm. Uh, boy, I. I hate saying a team's not going to come back next season, but you never know. You never know, but boy, Cedar Rapids. They, they got some work to do in the offseason. Yeah, let's just leave it at let's that. Let's leave it at that. All right. In another game, the Sioux Falls Storm defeated the Bismarck Bucks 65 to 54. The Nebraska Danger defeated the Iowa Barnstormers 46 to 40. And the Tucson Sugar Skulls defeated the Quad City Steamwheelers 55 to 50. So looking at the IFL standings. You have the Arizona Rattlers alone at the top with a perfect 14 and 0 record. Iowa Barnstormers at 12 and 2, Sioux Falls Storm at 13 or I'm sorry, 11 and 3, 
Green Bay Blizzard, 9-5. and five. Tucson Sugar Skulls and the Nebraska Danger were both at 7-7. Seven and seven. Quad City Steam Wheelers uh, at 6-8. and eight. Bismarck Bucks, 2-13. and 13. And the uh, San Diego Strike Force and the Cedar Rapids River Kings at 1-13 and 13 on the season. All right, so as you heard, there were two teams with 7-7 seven and seven records. And somewhere in there has got to be the cutoff for the playoffs for the Indoor Football League. So here are the matchups going into this weekend. Oh, just a little preview of the upcoming games, but I uh, figured these are very prudent. So, you're going to have the Nebraska Danger, who are 7-7. Seven and seven. They're going to travel to Green Bay to play the 9-5 and five Blizzard. Then in the and that's sec- going to be Friday night. That'll be Friday night. Then, Sunday night, or Sunday afternoon, the Tucson Sugar Skulls, who are seven and seven as well, will be traveling to the eleven and three Sioux Falls Storm to play that playoff game, leaving Arizona and Iowa both with buys uh, this week. So, yeah, so they'll play the winner of, yep. of of those two games this week. So six teams made it to the IFL playoffs. Yep. So that's half the league. <laughs> yeah. Over half the league, I guess technically. That's uh. Six, that's 60% only. Six <laughs> out of the 10 teams. Okay. Okay. You um, didn't put an asterisk next to the danger. That's why I was confused. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It won't matter now. You're not going to have to read the standings next week. We just no. got playoff games. Yeah. yeah, we'll just do uh, yeah, playoff uh, pairings next week. Okay. So uh, next, I guess we'll move on to the National Arena League. Week 9, Adam. Okay, I guess I'll tackle another league for you. All <laughs> right, so we had three games Saturday. The first game being the Jacksonville Sharks defeating the Carolina Cobras 55-29. to The Columbus Lions defeating the New York Streets 68-55. to And the Massachusetts Pirates over the Orlando Predators 45-31. to Taking us over to the National Arena League standings where the Jacksonville Sharks still stand at the top with a 7-1 record, followed by the Carolina Cobras at 6-3. The Massachusetts Pirates at 500 with a 4 and 4 record. The New York Streets and the Columbus Lions both sharing 3 and 5 records and the Orlando Predators sitting in the basement with a 2 and 7 record. All right, moving on over to Champions Indoor Football. This was week 12 for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. There were 3 games on Saturday. In the first game it was the Amarillo Venom over the Wichita Force 78 to 49. It was the Sioux City Bandits over the Oklahoma Flying Aces, 62-61 to in overtime. Wow, that's a shocker. Yeah, Oklahoma uh, has not played well recently, but, boy, they sure came up big. Yeah, even though they, they lost this game, they were right there at the end, so uh, losing by one point in overtime. And finally, the Salina Liberty uh, over the Omaha Beef, 50-33, to with the Duke City Gladiators having a bye that week, or last week. So looking at the standings in the CIF in the North Division, it's uh, Salina at 8-3, Omaha at 7-4, and four, Sioux City at 6-4, and four, and Wichita at 2-9. and nine. And then in the South Division, it's the Duke City Gladiators, 8-3, Amarillo Venom, 6-4, and four, and the Oklahoma Flying Aces at 2-8. and eight. And one other league, uh, we haven't talked about this league much this season, and it's I was really upset with their website and their their whole social media presence. I didn't care for them at all. Yep. Uh, but the American Arena League uh, finished their season, and they had some playoffs uh, Saturday. It was the West Virginia Rough Riders in the North Division over the West Michigan Ironmen in the Midwest Division, and that wasn't even close. It was 45-6. to six. And uh, so uh, 
West Virginia is moving on to the championship game. And in the other game, it was the Carolina Energy from the South Division over the Carolina Han- Havoc in the Atlantic Division, 52-38. to So that sets up a matchup for the championship game in the American Arena League between the Carolina Energy and the West Virginia Rough Riders. And if you look at their website, uh, they have nothing about this championship game. No date, no location, no nothing. So all I can tell you is those are the two team- teams that are going to be playing for a title. Maybe next week we'll know if they actually played it or not. This is why I didn't even think they deserve to be brought up. If you can't well, be organized enough for us to get a, a well. co- uh, cohesive <laughs> grasp on what you're doing. Well, that's why we didn't talk about them all season long. But yeah. but now you know they had a, four divisions. They had four champions. Uh, the playoffs are there. They've got a championship game set up. Uh, but, yeah, they need to be a little bit better, <laughs> a lot better at their social media presence. Okay, and that's it for this week's uh, World of Football scoreboard. So we're going to move on to some uh, NFL news that came out the last couple of days. Uh, as you mentioned in the opening, uh, we now know who's going to be featured on HBO's Hard Knocks this season, and it's going to be, thank goodness, not the Detroit Lions, but the Oakland Raiders. Now We kind of knew that was going to happen. I figured. Uh, when you had the, the six teams, when we talked about it probably at length right? Uh, and at nauseum, but the Raiders were the most logical pick they're probably going to be the most entertaining to watch dysfunctional they might be the most dysfunctional (laughs) that's hard to say because i feel like the giants are semi-dysfunctional right now yeah the the Uh, whole quarterback controversy there i I think every every team had something about them i probably could have said you know that's interesting i wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more about that about them Mm -hmm. Uh, but with a team that's about to move to las vegas how like because a lot of the hard knocks what i like about that more than the actual Meeting the players is sometimes they're able to show you kind of the city, and sometimes you get to see some of the fans, and that that interaction and kind of what the mm-hmm. team means to the, the city they're in. And you can see like the Cleveland Browns st- stuff was real good last year, where they mm-hmm. definitely showed players at the airport and. Well, yeah, and all the players they showed for the Browns last year all got cut. Well, that's the whole point. Everyone of Everyone that, that you got into, you know, that's you, what they do. They pick a few and... of these fringe guys that. You know, you know they'll probably end up getting cut, so there's your drama right there. Yeah. You're going to root for them for four weeks, and on the fifth week you're going to cry because <laughs> so-and-so, the third-string tight end, gets yep. cut. Like, yeah, they all got cut. Uh, so, But with this, you have a GM that was a TV personality in Mike Mayak. You have a head coach who was a TV personality for 10 years. Yep. And, you know, just a bunch of diva players. you got Antonio Brown, who's a diva player. you got Derek Carr, who's not happy with – uh, John Gruden, and there were rumors of him trading David Carr or them drafting a quarterback at one point. So how happy is he with the team? Is he long for the team? Who knows? Yeah. You know, they, they traded away Khalil Mack for three first-round draft picks. So are they going to focus on these three draft picks to see how they're fitting in with the team? Like, were they even worth trading away an all-star player like a Khalil Mack, a once-in-a-generational <laughs> talent yeah. such as he? So. There's a lot going into this. And then, then you put into the fact, yeah, the move to Las Vegas. Right. How much does that come up? Is this going to be their last season in Oakland? Uh, oh, Oakland? it's their last season. It's kind of definitive. So, And, and how are the fans going to react? That's what I, mean, I want to know. That's what I want to see. That's the big thing. I want to see if – because you see fans at the games, you know, when they show the highlights yeah. of the games themselves, which, by the way, so I didn't think about this. I put the dots together right now. Guess what? <laughs> On Hard Knocks, we're going to see them playing in Canada. So oh. – there we go. I don't yeah. even have to watch the replay of the game. I'll just watch the Hard Knocks <laughs> episode where they travel to Canada. Yeah. So, well, you know, their their fans are just so uh, fanatical out there, and I, I hence think, the term fan. Yeah, there there's something else, and you know, I I think they're going to be you know just super bummed that their team is leaving. I mean, they've got to be. I think this I would be, be. Uh, for all that. 
I think this will be one of the better seasons of Hard Knocks. I've been watching the last two years. I saw the Buccaneers of 2017. Mm-hmm. I watched the uh, Cleveland Browns of 2018. And now this year we're getting the Raiders of 2019. So this should be very fascinating stuff. Good or bad drama, it is going to – I think it will be great television. And, I mean, you watched all of last season of I Hard did. Knocks. And yep. they just put together – it's it's a well five episodes. It's very it's well put together. Well it's, put together. It's, it's NFL films. They don't do a, a bad job, whatever. But pairing up with HBO, uh, it's not TV. It's HBO. <laughs> so – you know it's going to be How much good. are you getting paid to use that tagline? Uh, how about 15 bucks a month for my subscription <laughs> to HBO Go or HBO Now, whatever it's called, which but, I thoroughly enjoy, by the way. I would spend the 15 bucks a month. They have quality programming on there. All right, all right. Uh, and, and, just uh, like, I really want to just insert the Game of Thrones music right no, now, but I won't. No. Uh, and Hard Knocks is going to premiere on August 6th yes. of this year. So, yeah, will they, will they have uh, five weeks? It's usually a five weeks because you get – yeah, every uh, the first week is like before the first preseason game. Then the second episode is the first preseason right, game, right. and so on and so forth. And then the fifth, yeah. the fifth episode is last game slash the cuts. Yeah, and obviously, so the first preseason game must be that week then because it's a week behind usually. All the are they playing uh, Detroit in the preseason this year? I forgot to look that up. I will look up their preseason schedule. Because last right year now. we got to see the Browns play the Lions in a preseason game I don't during think so. Hard Knocks. I don't think the Lions are going out west. I'm going to say no. Yeah, probably not. But uh, I will pull that up right this second. Guess what? Maybe the internet will work for me. Bam! Look at that. <laughs> so you get them on the 10th. So the first episode will be the 6th, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. So then four days later you get their first preseason game. They're going to play home against the Rams. Then they travel to Arizona. Then they go to Winnipeg for the third preseason game. They're going to play the Packers there. Mm. And then they travel to Seattle for that last preseason okay. game. So, interesting. So, we're going to get to see some Aaron Rodgers on Hard Knocks. Yeah. We'll get to see rookie quarterback, uh, uh, number one overall draft pick for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, what was his name? <laughs> Before we forget the number one pick of the draft, Kyler Murray. There we go. I didn't even look that up. That finally came to me. So... Who I knows? Think it, I think it would be interesting to see that uh, that Canadian game up in Winnipeg. Yep, that I, would really I can't believe I didn't think about that till yeah, just I didn't now either. That, I didn't either. Yeah, that should be a fantastic. I wonder if that had something to do with HBO picking them, the fact that they would get to go up I to doubt Canada. it. I think there's enough factors already. I mean, maybe that's the icing on the cake. They get to <laughs> show the team traveling out of the country, yeah. and that'll be a whole little story in that yeah. episode. So expect episode four to be centered around Canada. Will there be an episode where they try to get players to eat poutine and they don't know what it is and they, they're afraid to that try it? That sounds like it. something you'd put on your team website, like, try poutine. <laughs> and you go through all your players. That sounds like something the Lions would do. The mm. Lions did something like that when they went to London that uh, one of their two times. Mm. like they're like, they're Or it was like slang, too. Like, do you know all these slang terms? Sure. So, yeah. anyway, we're pretty much uh, fluffing out a very short show. We only got a couple yeah. of new stories left. Yeah, uh, in another story that I found this week, the Tennessee Titans are going to be retiring not one but two numbers. Uh, Eddie George's number 27 and Steve McNair's number 9. And those are going to happen on September 15th. I guess that's their uh, home opener uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. And you and I talked about this the other day. I can maybe see retiring Eddie George's number, but Steve McNair, I I just don't think he's, I don't know. I just think it's too soon. To be retiring somebody's I, number. I mean, he's passed away, uh, which is very unfortunate. Right. But, um, but I think he, I mean, when you talk about a franchise that's 
you don't really think of them as the Houston Oilers anymore. Right. Like they've they've been the Titans so long, you almost forget that they were originally the right uh, Houston Oilers. So he's been their quarterback since they were Titans. He took them to a Super Bowl, their one and only Super Bowl. Right. I mean, he's very associated with very much associated with the team. But I just I don't know. I just have a, a hard time seeing his number getting. I mean, retired he, he played in over 160 games. You know, he's completed 60% of his passes, threw for over 30,000 yards, 174 touchdowns. I mean, he was clearly, you know, in his very long career, so that would be 11 years. I don't know. I, I 11 think years between Houston and Tennessee, and then two years in Baltimore towards the end of his career. I, I don't know. I feel like I just think that to retire it. somebody's number, they need to be, you know, in the Hall of Fame or, you know, have a Super Bowl championship on their own. Then answer like me that. this. And we talked about this the other day. What Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans quarterbacks can you name? Um, Warren Moon. Warren Moon. And Steve McNair. Mm. Yeah, I feel like I those suppose. are the two you can name. And one of them took you to a Super Bowl. The other was a five-time Grey Cup champion. <laughs> I feel like the, the, you can't not give Steve McNair uh, some love like that. I, I don't know. I, not being a an Oilers fan or a Titans fan, you know, I, I don't know. I I'm not that close to the team, so I get it, Tennessee. I Adam Snow <laughs> of the World of Football supports this decision. Randy does not put that on the record. <laughs> All right. Actually, Ooh. there is one other news story I wanted to ask you about. It's not okay. on your rundown. Uh, and it's Lions related. Okay. It came out today that Matthew Stafford played the last several weeks of the season with a broken back. I saw that headline, but it was more of a question. Did he play There's reports the last saying that he did. with a broken back? The reports are confirming that he did. Hmm. Uh, maybe not confirming, but it were, it a lot of reports coming out today that, yeah, he did play from about week 13. 13 to 14 on because he got hurt mm. in the Rams game week 13 mm-hmm. to the end of the season. He was playing with a broken back. Wow. I um, mean, you can't question the guy's toughness, but no, then, absolutely not. But, but then but you've still, got to question gosh. for your health. What like, if something had happened and he would have gotten paralyzed? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think he should have been playing if he, if he knew that and if uh, the team knew, and if the team knew that he had a, you know, like a cracked vertebrae in his back or something. I think it, yeah. It was something severe like that. Uh, I would have, <laughs> He's he's our whole team. You need to set him and, and rest him, and especially and, when your season wasn't in the greatest of shapes at right. that time. You're already out of the playoffs. Yeah, he didn't much. he didn't need to be out there. Uh, but I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, you're asking me if there was anything else, and that they just yeah. kind of really I, popped I, up. The on headline him. I said I saw was you know did he possibly play with a with a broken back? And I figured well, uh, you know it hasn't been much of a story yet, so I wasn't going to bring that one up. I was going to give another week or so for for. More news to come out on that oh, one, wow. but but that's fine. No. Uh, the one other story that I f- ran across, and I just ran across this a little while ago, the Buffalo Bills are looking for a couple who would like to get married <laughs> on the field during halftime of their game on September 29th against the New England Patriots. Uh, they're calling it the halftime wedding experience of a lifetime. Oh, boy. And... Uh, uh, they're going to allow you to invite 20 guests to be on the field with you for the uh, wedding ceremony. Uh, there's going to be a reception that the team is going to host, and uh, the couple get custom jerseys for the uh, the whole thing. And uh, I, 
I've never, you know, I've seen maybe some people approaching a team saying, hey, can we get married, right. uh, you know, in the stadium or Puts something like that. Just like but for the for team it. to come out and, and ask for that, uh, and then, you know, they've got like a, an application or questionnaires looking for, you know, several couples to, to apply for it and, and possibly pick one. And, and I can see there is probably a ton of guys that are engaged that would all say, hell yeah, let's do this. But how many of these ladies would say, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's let's share my my big day with uh, 60,000, 70,000 fans, Bill fans. <laughs> in the stadium, you know, in September on the field. Yeah. Against Tom Brady, you might that, get to see Tom Brady. Yeah, well, where she's a Brady fan. That would that would have to be a, a heck of a woman that would agree to do something like that. Uh, and I I just don't know how many uh, fans in Buffalo would would do that. I have a novel <laughs> idea. The world of football should branch into the dating uh, app game. But how about the world of football dating app where you and the the football girl of your dreams meet up and. You can be a Lions fan or a Bears fan and meet up and no. you can hate each other's teams but love each other. No. A Michigan fan and an Ohio State fan getting together. No, but I have thought about getting ordained and doing football-related weddings. There uh, I would officiate the wedding wearing my uh, George Plimpton number zero jersey we'll and, to, a, and have, a leather helmet. We're going to have to update that, that jersey. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, we, could, we could have the ceremonies at you know local high school football fields. All or, right, this idea is really derailing college, the show all of a College sudden. football field. I think it would be a great idea. <laughs> all right, moving on. There's some breaking news real quick. Apparently, Brett Favre has announced his return to play in the 2020 NFL season. What? Then he promptly deleted the tweet. Ah, the tweet read, a true champion sticks to his or her calling. I will be coming out of retirement and making my return to play in the NFL for the 2020 season. Stay tuned for more. Hashtag news. The post was shortly deleted there afterwards. But uh, as goes anything on the Internet, you put it up there for three seconds, and somebody's going to screenshot it. So it's going to live on. Uh, Favre turns 50 in October. He last played an NFL game in 2010. So I doubt he was serious about this, but I don't need another Willy Wony. It's been uh, 10 years. You know what this is? This is Brett Favre saying, nobody's paid attention to me for five minutes. I've got to get my name out there. So here's what I'm going to do. <sighs> what a bunch of crap. Well, I, I just happened to see that just scrolling through. Uh, Pro Football Talk posted that, so I thought yeah. it'd be fun to shout out. Uh, one other thing that I didn't have on our rundown, but I mentioned this to you: Rod Smart, the player from the XFL, uh, known as He Hate Me, uh, who went on to have a fairly decent career in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers, uh, has been reporting as reported as missing. Uh, he's a missing person right now, and uh, they're, they're saying he he might be in some kind of danger. So. Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to keep a close eye on this and, and make sure that uh, uh, he turns up all right because uh, I was really surprised to see that. Okay, any other news that uh, that you've run across? No, but I just saw a great tweet. I'm going to retweet uh, oh for the World of Football uh, page. It's a great picture from the Ottawa Red Blacks uh, with a fantastic-looking hot dog covered in... Uh, <laughs> Doritos and mac and cheese. Uh, in the words of Liz Lemon from 30 Rock, I want to go to there. <laughs> well, I, I posted some videos of, uh, I think it was the, the BC Lions. 
they had a uh, a huge sandwich that they were selling at, mm-hmm. at their concession stand. Look at that thing. It, it, oh, that is huge. That is a big old dog. <laughs> that, that would feed four people, I think. Mm, let's see. It's almost the length of his arm. Yeah, that's, let's see, from here to here is probably what? what two foot, say, two foot long? Two yeah, that's foot? About, yeah that's, I'd say that's a three-foot dog. That looks about three foot. I think that's an extra foot, maybe half a foot <laughs> right there. Oh, that looks delicious. Oh, yeah, this is terrible radio because you can't see it right now. Okay. Uh, we're going to move on to, uh, sadly, an obituary that happened this week, and that would be uh, Pat Bolin, the... Uh, Owner of the Denver Broncos uh, passed away at the age of 75. Bullen bought the team in 1984, and during his time as a team owner, the Broncos won three Super Bowls. That would have been Super Bowls 32, 33, and 50. The Broncos also won seven AFC championships in 1986, 87, 89, 97, 98, 2013, and 2015. Uh, Bullen was inducted into the Broncos Ring of Honor in 2015 and is also a member of the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame. He was also a part owner of the Colorado Crush of the Arena Football League, along with current Broncos general manager and Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway. And he also owned uh, the Denver Outlaws, a major league lacrosse team. Bolin was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame just this past February and will be enshrined posthumously along with the class of 2019 in Canton on August 3rd. So very sad news there. Uh, We do have also one birthday to report uh, today, uh, that of Bruce Smith, the uh, Hall of Fame uh, defensive end, uh, turned 56. He played uh, many years with the Buffalo Bills and finished his playing career with the Washington Redskins. And he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2009. All right, that's that's it. Uh, we'll turn to our uh, history lesson, unless you have something else. I see you scrolling through the internet there, looking for all kinds of different. Yep, it is confirmed uh, that Matthew Stafford had tiny fractures in his back. Um, he played tough, but man, you just can't do that. I feel like if your health is on the line, you you need to, especially with the team that wasn't. Mm-hmm. Going anywhere in the playoffs last year. That's from Ian Rappaport. Ian so Rappaport I guess I believe confirming that. that it was hmm. uh, tiny fractures in his back. Hmm. So, well, they must have thought it was nothing. Maybe, maybe they were tiny fractures at first, and they got worse. Who knows? Hmm. But I mean, I'm, I will not question that guy's toughness whatsoever. Oh no, absolutely not. So, all right. So, uh, what are we learning about today? Uh, today we are going to talk about a 1974 World Football League game that was actually played in Canada. In 1974, the World Football League took to the gridiron as the latest challenger to the NFL. Even though they used World in their name, the 12 teams that year were all located in the United States. One was even in Hawaii. But one regular season game found its way to Canada as a test for a possible move there. The Detroit Wheels and the Portland Storm were scheduled to meet in Michigan for a game in September. But Portland owner Robert Harris wanted the game to be played in London, Ontario. He was considering moving his team there in 1975 and wanted to see if fans would show up and support the team. Harris was originally from London, Ontario. The Detroit Wheels were in serious financial trouble at the time, 
and when Harris offered to pay them $30,000 to move the game to Canada, they agreed. The game was played on Monday, September 2, 1974, Labor Day. Both teams were winless at the time. Detroit was 0-8, and Portland was 0-7. The Portland Storm won the game 18-7. However, a crowd of just over 5,000 people came out to see the game. Harris gave up on his plans to move the team to Canada and to rename them the London Lords. Harris had also previously tried to acquire an expansion team in the Canadian Football League and place it in London, but he could not afford the $2 million price tag for a CFL team. Detroit did not even complete the 1974 WFL season. They folded about a month after the game in Canada with a dismal record of just 1-13. and The Portland team remained in Portland in 1975, but a new owner took over and renamed the team the Portland Thunder. It would not be until 1991, when the World League of American Football debuted, that a pro football league truly tried to encompass the world, complete with teams in the United States, Canada, England, Spain, and Germany. So when you think about the World Football League of the 1970s, remember the one game that took two teams to a small town in Ontario and gave one of them their first win. What I really think you should do after, you know, after hearing this is that uh, some more, either more history lessons about the world of football. League. I especially think that with younger listeners out there, they don't know much about the world football league. I think uh, maybe we should start doing some specials just based around uh, leagues that were that aren't around no more. Well, I actually am thinking of doing one next week about a USFL game that was played in London, England. So, uh, yeah, both of those leagues uh, played a game outside of the country. So we're doing some out-of-the-country uh, yep. s- history lessons for the foreseeable yep. future. I see you there. Okay. Kind of a trend going. Okay. Talking about uh, some upcoming events now, uh, you have the uh, Champions Indoor Football regular season comes to an end on June 22nd, which is this weekend. And uh, Hard Knocks with the Oakland Raiders is going to kick off on August 6th. And we'll have some other uh, dates uh, pretty soon you know playoff games and championship games that are coming up uh we just don't know those yet so uh, uh another week or so we'll we shall have some of that information uh do you want to run down some of the upcoming games adam well um i can certainly do that but i was also going to throw into your upcoming events calendar uh tune in on july 2nd for episode 100 Oh, yeah. World of Football Podcast. Of this podcast yeah. we, are, we are getting very close. Yeah, we're going to take a look back at some of the stuff we've done over the last uh, almost two years. Um, some of the uh, and we're not quite to the two-year mark yet. I mean, right. that'll be episode 104. 104. Yeah. So beginning of August. So that first episode will be the premiere night, or that our two-year mark will be the year, will be the <laughs> night Hard Knocks premieres, because that premieres on Tuesday night. So we do the podcast, and then the episode premieres that night so we're going to be a week behind on mm. uh hard knocks unless we yeah. decide to start doing well yeah, no it's that's the way we did it last year yeah. we, we were a week behind on talking about the show but uh, and getting ready for the that'll give people a chance to, to see it before we talk about True. it so. okay all right upcoming games all right upcoming games this week in the cfl which you can catch on your espn app uh check your various espn stations or the espn app of course you have Saskatchewan traveling to Ottawa, British Columbia traveling to Edmonton, and Hamilton will be playing uh, 
in Toronto this week. Yeah, that to me that's the game of the week, Hamilton. And, and then you're gonna have Toronto. three teams on a bye this week, <laughs> which I find very strange. Week two, you it's a only bye. week two, yeah. And then in the Arena Football League, some great games there. Of course, you're gonna have Baltimore at Washington, Atlantic City at Albany, Philadelphia at Columbus. Obviously, you can find all those also on the ESPN app or ESPN3.com or the Arena Football app. The National Arena League has two games this week. Columbus will be traveling to Massachusetts, and New York will be traveling to Jacksonville. All those games available on YouTube. Go subscribe and keep tabs on them. And do the same on YouTube for the Indoor Football League, who have their playoffs this week. So watch some great playoff football. These should be some great games this weekend. Mm -hmm. Nebraska, we talked about them earlier, traveling to Green Bay on Friday night. And then Tucson will be at Sioux Falls Sunday. So uh, set your timers and uh, they'll <laughs> alert you. Yep. And on the CIF's Pluto TV station, Oklahoma will be at Amarillo. Sioux City will be at Omaha. Salina will be at Duke City to end the regular season. Yep, they'll have their playoff pairings uh, set up after next week's game. So, yeah, yep. we'll, have, we'll have two different leagues' uh, playoff schedules to talk about. Certainly will. All right. And we'll have some playoff games to talk about. Yes. All right. Anything else before we uh, close the show out? Nope. I think that is all good. Uh, as far as I know, Brett Favre is still not in the NFL, so <laughs> all good on that front. What an attention whore. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking Brett Favre, not you. Oh. Uh, well, that's all the I time try. we've got for this week. If you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo, where we post a lot of unique stories and pictures, as well as highlights from all over the world of football. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. The address there is at TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted every Tuesday and are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. So please subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation or the conversation about how our research staff printed only one piece of paper <laughs> front and back so that my you're dialogue always, here at the end of the show gets cut off. You're always complaining about how I kill so many trees by printing all this stuff off. And now we've got the TV set here where we can put everything up on that and read it from there. True. I mean, it worked out, obviously, because I finished reading it on the TV. <laughs> but it would have been nice if you were handing me were handing me a piece of paper and be like, oh, by the way, when we get to this part, you might want to jump to the TV to read your prompts. Uh -huh. Join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in the world of football. Until then, I'm Randy Snow. And guess what? You didn't have to look at the page for that. You say that every week. It's not as long as my spiel. Don't look at me like that. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>